Rise of Nyarlathotep Season 1 Recap By me, Kratok, your favorite bard Our story begins in a nightmare The black-eyed flesh prophet dances to and fro Clawing a bloody cryptic vision onto their skin Five masts of great power merge into one Destroying the landscape around them Leaving only a gigantic tree from which a mass of tentacles erupts this is the nightmare our adventurers share as they begin their quest to untangle the machinations of the cult of true chaos. Adventurers are an eccentric group brought together by chance, and together they will become known as the Randos. There's me, Kratok, the simply superb Plumerian birdfolk bard, Alora, the anxious but caring godling druid, Weary, the inquisitive yet blunt tiefling alchemist artificer, Glyph, the mysterious masked automata rogue, and their leader, TK-37, an escaped telekinetic goblin super-soldier with amnesia. We randos met on a ship traveling to the magical kingdom of the Arcanium, but another passenger, Dorvin, suddenly grew ill and exploded into a terrifying tentacled monster. We quickly slew the monster and continued to the Arcanium, sharing the Flesh Prophet's nightmare before our arrival. After arriving in Port Divinarium during the annual Adventures Guild Festival, we enjoyed some funnel cakes and joined an illegal foot race for fun and profit. The winner would earn a pile of gold, entry into the Adventures Guild, and an exclusive quest for someone known only as the Duke. We also ran into a number of Dorvin's odd friends who accused us of murder, but I was able to prove our innocence through the power of song. Glyph, however, was nervous that their former employer, Bywood and Bywood, would notice them, so they purchased a mask that was a copy of the face of Morgus, demigod of the night. So our team won the foot race, barely, and TK earned his Erythian Doom Cube that let her speak to the Duke in his office. Turns out, Dorvin had been a member of a group known as the Cult of True Chaos. His compatriots, who he had already run into, were gathering in a caravan outside of the city. The Duke needed us to infiltrate the caravan, spy on the Cult of True Chaos, and discover their dastardly plans. Everyone signed on to the quest and we purchased some majestic spider horses. Weary planted a fake bomb on one of Dorvin's friends to keep him out of the caravan and to cover our tracks, and then we bluffed our way into working security for the cult. Everything was going according to plan, except that Morgus was very displeased that Glyph was wearing their face. The Glyph and TK were able to pacify the demigod with a nice plate of muffins. The caravan left Port Divinarium, and the reconnaissance mission was going well until the first night when we attempted to spy on the cult's rituals. We watched in horror as the cult leader Resmir put on a strange grey mask and transformed into a tall, tentacled eldritch beast, while occultists turned one of their own members into a horrible monster. Worst of all, I was emotionally compromised by some magical eye drops and I have accidentally caught the monster's attention. Before anyone could run, Glyph attacked the cultist to protect me. It sparked a horrible fight that ended with TK setting Resmir on fire. The party escaped into the night with the cult's monsters hot on our heels. We only survived the chase because we literally crashed our wagon into a church of the Shining God where St. Bernard Busybody gave us shelter, blasting the monsters away with holy light. Weary had captured a cultist, so we learned that Cult of True Chaos freed their members from the burdens of individuality by turning them into mindless, monstrous killing machines. The cult was currently on their way to the town of Greenus to collect the dark artifact, so of course we had to get there first. 
Teen learned many other things at the church. I discovered a magical item known as a kuda, which plays music according to Bernard, who found it in the Chicago's. Cliff met an ancient automaton named the Power, who was built into the foundations of the church. Cliff was informed that they and the other automata had been created by the mysterious Nostradamus Corporation, and they should seek out a Nostradamus terminal to learn their true purpose. Alora learned from St. Bernard that godlings can become demigods under certain circumstances. TK, meanwhile, spoke again with the Duke and noticed that he seemed displaced in time. The Duke stated only that he needed the team to defeat the cult by collecting and destroying their masks of power, but only a powerful magical artifact could destroy the masks. The next day we hopped on our spider horses and booked it to the capital, Transmutia, where we brought disguises to hide ourselves from the cult. While there, we were accidentally hired to be professional wrestlers, going head-to-head -head in a cage match with the Nevarious Bonesaw. But we used the power of friendship and true wrestling to defeat Bonesaw soundly. While in Transmutia, we were hunted by shambling, malformed humanoid creatures that no one else seemed to notice. And after the wrestling match, the monsters chased us to their neighborhood, which was made of living flesh. A fleshbrood, if you will. Before we could deal with the fleshbrood, we were accosted by another cultist wearing the bandit mask. He was condescending and rude, so Glyph attacked him, sparking another vicious battle. The cultist in the bandit mask said he would spare our team if they gave him Glyph's white mask, which, unbeknownst to us, was another mask of power. We only defeated him by catching him monologuing and throwing Glyph's mask out of reach. After that exhausting fight, we simply burned down the whole fleshbrood while Xerxes the demigod of death looked on. Speaking of gods, Alora's divine powers had attracted a curious, faceless ghost. They seemed harmless, albeit a bit creepy, but then they suddenly teleported Alora to the moon. They showed Alora their corpse and begged them to find their missing face before throwing Alora back to the planet. After Alora returned from the moon, we all had a heart-to-heart -heart and shared many secrets. TK had murdered many people while escaping from an underground lab. Alora had a moon ghost friend, Weary had run away from a secret society that thwarts evil magics, Glyph admitted that they were a mechanical automata and not a human, and I confessed to having a drinking problem. TK also admitted she was being hunted by her former colleagues, the Fellstone mercenaries, and Glyph explained that their former employer Lady Bywood may be after them as well. The group had bonded and chose to continue their quest together. We also decided that Glyph's white mask should be locked away for safekeeping. We then traveled to the town of Enchantland, where we were confronted by my ex-bandmate Sam from Accounting, and I was forced to defeat her in a musical Battle of the Bird Bars. With Sam vanquished, the team discovered the town was too perfect, too cheerful. And after some sleuthing, we determined the source of the joy was an energy vampire selling emotion patches that lasted 24 hours. E.K. indulged in a nostalgia patch and suddenly remembered being a soldier for Fellstone, collecting a moon rock, and discovering the ancient Nostradamus Corp terminal. The vampire promised to teach Weary their dark alchemical secrets if Weary visited their lab alone at midnight. We got into more shenanigans in Enchantland, but Weary did visit the vampire again. Alas, it was a trap, and Weary was locked in a time prison in the vampire's basement for a month while only an hour passed outside. Weary quickly teamed up with the magical being known as the Cleanser Trevitha that the vampire was using for alchemical experiments. 
While Weary was forced to carry out the vampire's research, Glyph and I investigated the town and the vampire's shop, but we were stymied by a goblin that worshipped Glyph. The goblin believed that Glyph was destined to wield the white mask and bring chaos to the world. After a month in the time prison, Weary and Cleanser Trevitho were able to complete a daring escape, with me and Glyph helping to burn down the laboratory and defeat the vampire, for the time being. But the town, including TK, was still asleep and sleepwalking. While dreaming, TK witnessed another godling attempt to eat Allure, so she pulled Allure into her own dreamscape. There, the pair again ran into the Moon Ghost, who warned them that their enemies were drawing near, including Fellstone and Lady Bywood. The sleeping townsfolk were collecting supplies and delivering them to a cave in the nearby forest. TK and Alora were now back with the party, after TK dragged them through her mindscape and out through her mouth. Together, we sneakily joined the townsfolk and discovered that a floating meatball demon named Volkeith was commanding the sleepwalkers from a scientific lab in the forest. We almost sabotaged his operation, but another goblin recognized Glyph, giving away our ruse, and we were forced to fight the meat demon. With Volkeith defeated, the sleepwalkers were freed and the party rescued a bright purple, heavily warped elf named Yulden. Volkeith had trapped Yulden in a tube and experimented on him for an unknown amount of time. Yulden was grateful, but said they needed to return to the Nostradamus Corporation, so he sent Yulden to St. Bernard for safekeeping, and nothing bad happened. After freeing Yulden, the party learned that we had accidentally burned down half of Enchantland. Before we could make a hasty getaway, we met the automata merchant SD3v3, who sold us many curious, hilarious, and downright dangerous items, such as a magic shotgun, a dead wizard's hand, and a flaming chainsaw sword. SD3v3 also advised Glyph that they were wanted by the Nostradamus Corp for a murder they had no memory of committing. TK then stumbled onto the fact that the Duke was trapped inside the Doom Cube, and the cult had killed his family to create the cube. We Rando swore that they would avenge him and his family, and the Duke offered us mountains of gold in return. The next night found the party setting out for Greenest in good cheer and high spirits. But in a moment of weakness, Glyph was lured into putting on the white mask. Glyph was painfully transformed into a technological nightmare, and we were forced to fight them while Glyph struggled to assist us from inside the beast. The mask also revealed our own fears and memories, and Glyph and TK discovered they had both done dark mercenary work for Bywood and Bywood. Shotguns were drawn, spells were shot, chainsaw swords were slung, and after a vicious fight, Glyph was freed from the grip of the cybernetic mask. We now understood how dangerous the masks were, and we all agreed we would go to any lengths to destroy them. We also discovered that Glyph had a piece of the mighty dark blade hidden inside their chest, and the party could use the completed blade to destroy the mask. Other pieces of the sword were hidden in greenest. We were exhausted, but we knew all of our enemies would soon be on our trail. After a rousing speech from TK, we rushed to make it to greenest. Just as we set off, we were attacked by Lady Bywood's mechanical airship. With some clever thinking, the party was able to slow her down and make our escape. The team continued on, but another godling tried once again to eat Alora. We were able to stop the creature and Alora caught it in a jar. The godling explained that Alora would have to eat or absorb others of their kind to unlock their powers and reach demigodhood. Also, while hiding from the Fellstone mercenaries, TK learned that her real name was Tiffany Klempfield, and she used to be a cheery goblin woman who carried a vintage camera everywhere. 
After running our spider horses ragged, we finally made it to Greenus, just as the horrific eldritch armies of the Cult of True Chaos reached the city. While we tried to quickly devise a plan of action, Laura was contacted by the spirit of the World Tree. After communing with the World Tree, Laura chose to absorb the godling in the jar. Infused with new powers, they temporarily turned into a great thunderbird while the rest of us rode our spider horses to the rescue. As Greenest was besieged by beasts, Glyph and I worked to assemble the hidden pieces of the Darkblade while Weary battled the invading hordes of monsters, and TK fought tooth and nail with a draconic star spawn. Laura rained lightning from above, slaying Nightgaunts by the drove. The battle raged with the party using every last item, weapon, and spell at their disposal. Airships crashed, towers toppled, dragons were slain, and even the demigod of War of Arkashka was summoned to the fight. The randos' many enemies converged on them, and just as all seemed lost, the team completed the Darkblade. Wielding the Darkblade takes a heavy toll, however, and soon most of the party was near death. Glyph, seeing that the Fellstone mercenaries had found a cybernetic mask, launched one final attack with the Darkblade. Glyph leaped and shattered the cybernetic mask just as Lady Bywood struck and sliced Glyph in two, activating the nuclear reactor at their core. It was a great and terrible explosion. The city of Greenest was no more. Everything faded away as the villain in the banded mask thanked the Randalls for helping turn the tide of the war. Did our hero survive? I sure hope so. Find out in Season 2 